Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language from Fans First Sports Network and the Steel Curtain Network. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, the host of BL, and I am glad to be here talking to you once again. As always, it's a Monday, and we try to make Mondays good here with a whole lot of bad language. And remember, you should be checking out Steel Curtain Network for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs 24 7, 52, 365. Yeah, we have it here. And it's all about the Steelers from Fans First Sports Network. I got to tell you, we love talking about the Steelers and we love the fact that you are listening and you're giving us great feedback and we want to do more. And I hope you listened over the weekends. There were some great shows. We had another episode of The Homies, another episode of State of the Steelers. You heard, once again, another episode of the Q&A with Kyle Kreiss and Coach T. Yeah, they were there. Great show. They're back after I hosted last week. Back off of assignment and another episode with Dave Schofield and myself. It was the Steelers week that was. So I'm glad you got a chance to check out all of those episodes. If you haven't, wherever you download your favorite podcast, make sure you go do it and check out the latest episode of Blue Check Beck rejoining for one week as a guest, the flagship. Let's ride with Jeff Hartman. Yes, always great to hear Michael on the network, but let's do it. The big part of the weekend that everybody's talking about, it was Steelers rookie meeting camp. Yeah, those guys showed up. They were there. We have four newly minted Steelers. It is absolutely official. We've got four picks that signed their name on the dotted line. And they are Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia. Nick Herbig, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Also signing the seventh rounders, Corey Trice Jr., the cornerback from Purdue, and Spencer Anderson. Yes, Spencer. This guy is an offensive lineman from Maryland. They are all official Steelers. Don't worry about those other guys. It's a part of the process. They will be signing soon. But... Broderick Jones was at minicamp along with Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton. And this is where I am so encouraged. Everything they had to say was really fun to listen to because it seems like they are really invested in themselves, invested in playing for the city of Pittsburgh. But you also heard some other things, and that's going to be the crux of this show. Something that's driving a lot of these players as well. This is my favorite thing of the weekend. All of the photographs, all of the videos of these guys being coached up. You saw Keanu Benton getting some time with Carl Dunbar, just with technique on the defensive line. Spent a lot of time with them. You saw those corners, Porter Jr. and Trice Jr. getting in some work. You saw Broderick Jones getting work. It's great. Darnell Washington being glad to be there. He's a fourth-round pick, but people are still calling him the steal of the draft. And you wonder what that does to a guy like that. You also saw the Steelers already bringing some guys in that weren't drafted for rookie minicamp tryouts, and one of them has already gotten a job. 
He's a running back, and his name is Alonzo Graham. So it's great to see Alonzo in as well. There's also going to be some other guys. It looks like San Antonio Brahma's cornerback, Luke Barku, is going to be signing with the Steelers. Barku was once a Jaguar. He did not attend the rookie minicamp, but he still received offers from Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and the Dallas Cowboys. And here's the thing. You know his coaches. His head coach was Heinz Ward. One of his coaches on the defensive side of the ball was Joey Porter. So great Luke Barku joining the Steelers. I want to go ahead and I want to go ahead and mention some other guys and some other happenings as there's some breaking news coming out today. I mentioned Alfonso Graham. I didn't. I mentioned Alonzo Graham. I screwed that up. His name is actually Alfonso Graham. Good to see him coming in to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also, really interesting. Free agent and former Pro Bowl linebacker Quan Alexander is going to be visiting the Steelers tonight. That's big news. Quan's a very good player, and you're looking for some extra depth at inside linebacker. If Quan's healthy, you're going to find out he could be really good. Quan's a free agent. He was released. And here's another thing. What if Quan comes in? And what if he has that proverbial chip on his shoulder? And that's what this episode is all about. We are going to talk about Steelers with chips on their shoulders. Why? Because one of the tweets that came out this weekend was headlined was about one Corey Trice Jr. And Corey has a chip on his shoulder because he was picked in the seventh round. Corey feels he should have been picked a whole lot earlier. NFL Network thought that. Guys at Steel Curtain Network thought that, especially Andrew Wilbar, who you know how I value his opinion greatly. So that's one thing to look at here. Guys having chips on their shoulders. First, before we do that, we hear that phrase all the time. We've talked about different Steelers having chips on their shoulders for different reasons. Now, they think that this dates back to the 19th century. It could be dating back a whole lot earlier. It's about guys putting wood chips on their shoulder, walking around in the U.S., and daring others to knock that chip off of their shoulder. Kind of a little bit of a defiance, yes. But here's the definition. To have a chip on your shoulder means to have a strong and usually long-standing inclination to feel resented or aggrieved often about a particular thing. It also implies a sense of inferiority or a quickness to take offense. I get that. I understand the proverbial chip on one shoulder. It could be a good thing. It could be a debilitating thing. It's just how you use it. Now, really, it doesn't matter the origin of it. But I wanted to bring up the definition because there's so many times that I've said to my kids, my scouts, anybody I'm trying to mentor, I give them a phrase and they look at me like I've got two heads. They don't understand some of the phrases, especially if I'm yelling at my daughter. She'll look at me like, I don't know what that means. My son just ignores it. But here's the thing. We have those phrases that 
aren't around now, but they were around in the 70s, 80s, earlier than that. But when I was growing up, you had those phrases. Just like nobody uses moxie anymore. That's an old man word. I, When I use the word, don't give me guff. I'm like, that's an old man word. Don't use those. Hey, I'm just being true to what I grew up with. So I have no problem using those words, but not everybody understands a chip on their shoulder. I once said something to one of my kids. I think it was my oldest, Stefan. I said something about, you know, do you have a chip on your shoulder about this? Because he was upset about something. He looked. It's like, I have nothing on my shoulder. He not understand it. Does now. And everybody knows that. You know, you can be very motivated by a chip on your shoulder. And you can take that chip. And what you do with it is important. You can turn that chip into a diamond chip. And that's great. That chip could be whatever you want that weighs you down, that working and being motivated to get rid of it is going to elevate you towards success. Now, for some people, they just can't get over things. And that's when they need to talk to somebody. That's when they need to realize that, hey, it's time to let the chip go. You've made it. But some people want to keep that chip on to keep motivating them. I always thought Vince Williams had a chip on his shoulder because he was drafted in the sixth round. He played like it. He was a barbarian for the Steelers. He was fantastic. You know I love Vinny Vidi Vici. He still has a chip on his shoulder. He's talking about how the NFL hates the Steelers for giving them two Thursday night games. I don't agree with Vince on that. I agree that it's rough having having two games like that. And I agree with them that it's like having a car crash twice in one week and recovering from that car crash that I agree with other teams. The chiefs are going to have two games. Uh, the Eagles are going to have two games, I believe on Thursdays. So I, I wouldn't think that's, that's a reason to be angry, but that kind of motivation keeps people going to continually have to prove I'm going to prove to you that I'm worth it. Hey, I've had a chip on my shoulder before. I use things like that to motivate me, but I know when to take it off. I know when I've accomplished something and I no longer have to be angry. Doesn't mean I'm no longer motivated. You always have to be motivated, but different things drive you. Back when I was trying to get into radio, I was 18 years old. I heard all the time you don't have experience one country music station told me you're just not special you're just not good enough you don't have any experience and there's nothing in your demo tape that that is worth it so sorry keep trying what a jerk that guy's name was steve i'll always remember steve calling me up in that twang and telling me that might have been a fake country twang i don't know I didn't want to be on country. I just wanted to be on radio. That's where the opening was. The top 40 station, I sent them like a, a demo tape six months before. They never got back to me until the next day, until I got that, that news from Steve. And they said, hey, we want to bring you in. We want to give you a shot. Sorry it took so long. We have an opening now. 
And, you know, that's a big deal. And I continue to have that chip on my shoulder a little bit, continue to be motivated, but not have that chip towards the people that gave me a chance. And I'll never forget that. We the Steel Curtain Network, we might have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. You know, we were BTSC. You know, we were number one overall for SB Nation. You know, we were cut in late January. We turned that around. And we built a network. We helped build Fans First Sports Network. We have close to 90 affiliates. All different sports. And it's something that we think very special. And we're going to continue to be driven. But it's not because we're angry. We're driven now because we want to succeed. A lot of people will be like, I'll show you. Well, hey, that's what having a chip on your shoulder means. That's what being motivated gives you. Now, if you could take that negative energy and you could turn it into something positive, you could be very successful no matter what what kind of walk of life you're trying to succeed and trying to navigate through. We're going to talk about Steelers that have those chips on their shoulders, not just guys that were drafted later on that they thought they should be, but guys that are on the team too. And how that might equate to success down the road. Stick and stay here. It's bad language from Steel Curtain Network. Part of Fans First Sports Network. Welcome back to Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and this is the Steel Curtain Network as a part of First Fans. <laughs> oh my gosh, I screwed that up. And I yell at other people for doing that. As a part of Fans First Sports Network. So let's get it on. We are talking about the chip on one shoulder, no matter what you do, and how you can generate that into success. And we did that in the first half of this show. But now we're going to talk about Steelers that have that chip on their shoulder right now and how it could be a good thing. Now, sometimes it could be a bad thing, like we mentioned before. Sometimes you just don't get over it, and there's times that you have to get over it. But let it drive you. Joey Porter Jr., he never came out and said, I have a chip on, on my shoulder, but it was apparent when he arrived. Now, he was still gregarious he was he was still amiable he talked about how glad he was to be with the Steelers and all that but you could tell he was disappointed you could tell that's not going to stop him Joey Porter senior played with a chip on his shoulder all the time and that elevated him that made him better Joey Porter was also very mouthy on the field and it was to psych out opponents. And that's what that chip on the shoulder did. It, it benefited him. It made him better. It was like Bobby Boucher and the water boy. When Henry Winkler, the Fonz, when you get advice from the Fonz, you know it's going to be good. He said, hey, picture that guy on the other side of the ball on somebody that's upset you. And 
then Bobby Boucher would mutter some crazy stuff. I know it's fictional. And then that guy would be scared. Now, once again, fiction, but life sometimes imitates art. We all know that. But if you have two corners in Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice Jr. that feel that they were overlooked in the draft and they should have picked earlier, they're going to go ahead and fit out on 31 other teams. They're going to give the Steelers a pass because they finally took them. But they're going to let it be known. It's challenge accepted. If you're a fan of How I Met Your Mother, you know Dave Schofield is. And so, Schofield, this one's for you. Challenge accepted. That's it. That's the way it should be. And so these guys are accepting that challenge. And the Steelers are going to benefit from it. Because they're going to be more focused. They're going to have more to prove. And they're going to go out and fight. No, I'm, we're not talking a fist fight. They're not going to rumble. They're not going to go over to the uh, south side and try to throw down. But they're going to do it in stadium. And if you're looking at this, this might be very special for the Steelers. Like the time they drafted two corners in the first two rounds. Back in 1987, Rod Woodson and eventual Joe Green recipient of the Great Performance Award in one Belton Dalton Hall from Clemson. I bring up those guys because they were good. Now, Dalton uh, wasn't, didn't have the career that Rod Woodson did. And he kind of fell off after that great first rookie season. We hope that these guys form a tandem like the Legion of Boom. You really hope they do. With Minka back there and DeMonte KZ, you have some really good players at safety and now at corner. But here's some guys that should also have chips on their shoulders. They're also corners. Levi Wallace, Akello Witherspoon. Levi Wallace was above average. He was actually pretty good for the Steelers last year, especially when he was healthy. Akello Witherspoon has had signs of brilliance for the Steelers, but not as much as you thought that he would have. But with Levi and Akello, there's people coming in and looking for their jobs. And these guys should be like, eh, you're not taking my job away. So they're going to have different kinds of chips on their shoulders. Where Trice and Porter were overlooked, these guys don't want to be having their job taken away from them. Plain and simple. They just do not. And I think you're going to see a lot out of these guys. The odds right now are that it's going to be Levi Wallace keeping his job. But you don't know the fight in the man that is a Kello Witherspoon. You don't know what he's thinking right now. He's thinking, I'm going to go keep my job. And I think he's going to play like it too. So that's going to be exciting to see with Akello Witherspoon and Levi Wallace. I think the cornerback room has gotten so much better. You brought another guy in, Shandon Sullivan. Is it Shandon? Is it Shandon? We'll see what Solly can do on the field too. Arthur Mallette is gone. That was one of those deals where he's like, hey, I just want to go somewhere else. 
I don't uh, feel appreciated here. He'll take that to another team. I'm sure he'll be on another team. And he'll take that chip on the shoulder with him. And you know what? I think he'll do well. You haven't heard the last of Arthur Millette. You're just not going to hear it right here in the Steel City. Talking about guys that have lost their jobs or guys that are in fear of losing their jobs. Dan Moore Jr. What has Dan Moore Jr. done wrong? Dan Moore Jr. has been the left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers his first two seasons as a fourth rounder out of Texas A&M. He has not gotten quarterbacks murdered. That's a good thing. Has he been a pro bowler? No. Has he been an all pro? No. Has he been someone that you feel that should have gotten that nod? No. But he's gone up against the Miles Garretts of the world. He's gone up against these pass rushers that can destroy you. Hasn't been pretty doing it, but he's held his own. Dan Moore Jr. might end up on the right side. He might supplant Chooks. Broderick Jones might start from day one. But if you ask Dan Moore Jr., he's like, ah, and he said this. He's like, let him go take Chooks' job. This is my job. I love the Dan Moore Jr. saying that. But he's got a chip on his shoulder now because everybody's saying that he's not good enough. He can't do it. They need to go ahead and draft this guy. And they did. They drafted Broderick Jones. And Broderick Jones should be great. And it might be at the expense of Dan Moore Jr. But don't tell Dan Moore Jr. that. Dan Moore Jr. wants to keep his job. And he doesn't care what you think. doesn't care what I think. He doesn't care what national media thinks. In fact, right now, he only half cares about what Mike Tomlin thinks. Now, you know he cares what Mike Tomlin thinks. But he doesn't care about him thinking that Broderick Jones might go and take his job. No, man, he wants to fight that. That's really interesting. Let me tell you a story. I was at the at a mall in Cumberland, Maryland, back in 2007. It was Mike Tomlin's first draft. And there was a couple guys signing autographs at the time. The main one was Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark wasn't the great stealer that we thought he was at that po- I mean, later on in his career, because he only had one season with the Steelers. It was a good first season. But Ryan Clark was still in his Steelers inf- infancy. And here's the thing. They were talking about the possibilities of bringing in another safety, bringing in a corner. They really wanted Darrell Revis that year. You know, I know Ryan is a safety. But I was checking the draft out. It was during the, the NFL draft. And he kept on yelling over to me because I told him what I was doing. He said, hey, we pick yet. We pick yet. I'm like, no. So, hey, let me know. And I did. So I, when it happened, I told him that the Jets traded up in front of the Steelers to get Revis. And the Steelers ended up with Lawrence Timmons. He's like, oh, that guy's, that guy's tough. That guy's going to be a great Steeler. And he really was. He was a, he was a very good selection. Law Dog was awesome. I don't know the answer to this, but what if they would have taken a safety? You know, 
that safety wasn't taking Troy Palomalu's job. What would have Ryan Clark thought then? I don't know, because Ryan Clark's a good dude. But he might have been upset about it. He might have been worried about it. He might have grew a chip on his shoulder then. Not a poker chip. Well, it could be a poker chip because poker chips are going to make you money. Wasn't a tortilla chip. Wasn't a cow chip. But he could have grew that chip. He might have played a whole lot differently. He might have been a perennial all-pro. But he might have not at all because they might have eventually replaced him with it. So when you have a big tackle from the University of Georgia, two-time national champions coming in, that your team trades up for, that does put you on notice. Broderick Jones is going to put this guy, Dan Moore Jr., on notice. Now, Dan Moore Jr. is going to have a chip on his shoulder about it, and I'm glad he does. Because a player with a chip on on his shoulder that figures out how to manage it right can be dangerous and can benefit your organization. And I think that's the kind of guy Dan Moore Jr. is. I think he's a quality human being. But now he's fighting for a job. And if he's not going to have that left tackle position, he's going to go after Chooks for the right tackle position. He's in it to win it. And that's what that chip on the shoulder does. Here's some other guys with chips on their shoulder. Darnell Washington has a chip on his shoulder because he thought he should have picked, been picked higher. He's also the steal of the draft, though, that a lot of people are calling him. He has to live up, and that chip's going to help him live up because that chip can, like I said before, become a diamond chip. And then you know when to take the diamond off and put it in your pocket, and the bad chip you throw away. Or you keep it as a reminder to how you struggled. Kenny Pickett definitely should have a chip on his shoulder. I know he's partying at country shows. He's chugging with, who is that? Luke Bryan? I, I don't know who he was chugging with. I, it's a country music artist. I'm not sure. But he's out there having fun. But he's also working his tail off. He is in the weight room. He is working out like a madman. He is also studying film. He's doing homework like an evil genius. He is not taking this opportunity lightly. But no one's challenging him for his job. Bad, why would he have a chip on his shoulder? Here's why. The national media has him as one of the 28th best quarterbacks in the league as starters. They have three that were just selected. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson ahead of him. They haven't played in a preseason game. Not at all. But they have them ahead of them. And that's going to put a chip on your shoulder. It is going to. Everybody thinks, and they're talking about Kenny Pickett. They're not talking about the guy that helped engineer seven wins out of nine. Now, I know he didn't play in the Carolina game. But he also doesn't get credit for, shouldn't get credit for the loss to the Ravens either. That was Mitch Trubisky's loss, but he does. So he was a part of a team that went seven and nine, and he was a major force. Did he do it with great stra stats? Was he pretty? No. 
but he got it done, and he did not throw interceptions in that second half of the season. Did not throw them. Kenny Pickett is the future of this team, but the people outside the 4-1-2 and the 7-2-4, they're not noticing. They don't know. They just know what they think they know. Kenny Pickett, if he has that chip on his shoulder, he's going to turn that into diamond chips into a ring. That's exactly what's going to happen. Because Kenny, I bet you, Kenny knows how to channel it. One last guy that should have a chip on his shoulder. Everybody discounts Deontay Johnson. Everybody wanted him traded. I even wanted him traded ahead of Chase Claypool. I have no problem admitting it. I don't want him off the team right now. I want him to lead those guys. I want him to have a chip on his shoulder so high that it knocks defensive backs on the ground. That's what I want out of Deontay Johnson. And if he channels it right, he's going to be brilliant. It's going to be diamonds. If he channels it wrong, then he's going to be off the team and he's going to be bitter and angry. So there's ways to do it. Drown out the noise. Drown out all of that stuff. If you do that, you're going to be a champion in this league. It's like one of my favorites of all time. It's a movie. And you know I love movies. You know how much I love Die Hard. I think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. People fight with me on that. That's fine. My wife fights with me on that. I'm fine with that. But I actually think there's a better Christmas movie out there. It's called Lethal Weapon. I love Die Hard. I think Die Hard is an 11 out of 10. I think Lethal Weapon is a 12 out of 10. That's just how much I love it. Love Mel Gibson and Danny Glover together. At the end of that movie, Mel Gibson's fighting and he fighting with uh, Mr. Joshua, played by Gary Busey. And what happens? What happens at that time? Danny Glover, he yells over. He yells over to him, to Riggs. Danny Glover's Murtaugh. Murtaugh yells to Riggs and says, finish him. And he could kill him right there. Then Mel Gibson's character, Martin Riggs, takes the proverbial chip off his shoulder and says, nah, not worth it. You lose. Gets up and walks away. He didn't sacrifice any of his morals, he decided that it would be wrong to kill this guy. He knew when it was time to take that chip off the shoulder. Good players, smart players will know when that chip has turned to diamonds and embrace it. They're not going to lose their edge. They're not going to lose their moxie. Yeah, I put it back in there. Moxie, my old man word. They're not going to. They're going to learn from that chip. And they're going to move on. And that is what a champion does. I think there's champions on this Pittsburgh Steelers roster. I think collectively they can be champions. 2023, I'm not betting my house on it. It's possible. 2024, 2025, yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's coming. And if those chips on those shoulders are used just right, my gosh. It's going to be brilliant in the still city. And I'm going to be bragging about it.
that being said, it's time to, for me to get on out of here. My name is Brian Davis. This has been Bad Language. I appreciate all of you, all of the support for Curtain Network, Fans Sports Network. That being said, I ain't apologize for nothing.